Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. According to an April 8th Daily Wire article written by Ben Johnson, a report was published three years ago that said Christians are the most persecuted group in all the world. This year, Open Doors USA reported that 360 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution. Not just persecution, but high levels. And that is 15 million more than last year. The 2022 edition of the World Watch List reported that 5,898 Christians were killed for confessing Jesus as Lord. And that was up from 4,761 martyrs in the 2021 edition. In 2022, 5,110 churches or Christian buildings were attacked. 4,765 Christians have so far been unjustly arrested, detained, or imprisoned. And 3,829 of our brothers and sisters have been abducted for faith-related reasons. When you do the math, all of this means that the following happens each day. 16 Christians are killed for confessing Jesus. Not just killed, but killed for their confession of the faith. Thirteen Christians are arrested for Jesus' sake. And ten Christians are kidnapped because they confess Jesus to be their Lord. Today, on this holiest of days, we have gathered together to confess the very same thing they do. That Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. He is our Lord. Amen. People do not suffer high levels of persecution. They do not lay down their lives, make themselves vulnerable to injustice, expose their property and their loved ones to attack without reason. The reason for the numbers you just heard is that Jesus truly is our Messiah. He really rose from the dead. And that, brothers, was the final confirmation that all he said about himself was and is true. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. He is your Lord and your Master. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Have I overdone it, Cora? Should we keep going with that? We should keep going? Okay. In his little book, History and Christianity, John Warwick Montgomery says that the factual character of the resurrection provided the disciples with the final evidence of the truth of Jesus' claim to deity. And it provides the historian with the only adequate explanation for the conquering power of Christianity after the death of its founder. So our faith conquered the world after our leader died. False messiahs of all time have fallen into obscurity 
because they could not back up their claims, because they were false. For example, Dr. Montgomery says, Theodos in AD 44 promised a crowd that he would divide the waters of the Jordan River. And in AD 52, maybe around 54, an unnamed Egyptian messiah gathered a crowd of 30,000 Jews and said that at his command, the walls of Jerusalem would fall down. But both incidents ended in failure. And we don't even remember that guy's name. 30,000 people in the year 54 gathered around this guy and we don't remember his name? Yeah, because he was a charlatan and the walls of Jerusalem didn't come tumbling down at his command. Christianity, however, has flourished as a result of Jesus' attested claim to conquer the power of death. He didn't claim to bring down the walls of Jerusalem. He didn't claim to part the Jordan River. He claimed to get back up after he let them kill him. That's a much bigger claim. And he followed through. So that we could say, sitting here today, he is risen. He is is risen risen indeed. Hallelujah. Now, we won't go any further down the historical evidence rabbit hole, though we could have a lot of fun doing that. If Jesus claimed to conquer death and then didn't, what would have happened to Christianity? Do you think it would have spread across the world when to be a Christian meant being burned at the stake or fed to lions for lies? No. Do you think it would have even spread throughout Judea? Would it have gotten much past Golgotha and the garden where Jesus' dead body would still be laying? No. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, Christianity would have been dead on arrival. D-O-A. But he did rise from the grave. On the third day, as you heard the youngest among us proclaim, this is the day he got up from the dead. In accordance with the scriptures, he did what he said he would do. And he did it publicly. Jesus' disciples preached that Jesus had been resurrected, but not as we do, not as is happening right now, not as those separated from the event by a length of time and by a lot of geography. We're about as far away from Jerusalem as you can get. I think once you cross past Ferndale and you start into the ocean, you're kind of turning back around the corner. You're going on the other side of the globe. It's crazy. And yet here we are, believing it. The eyewitnesses, the apostles, preached as such, as eyewitnesses, guys who were there in the moment, in the place, right when the resurrection happened. People knew Jesus. Other people knew of Jesus. He was a celebrity who had the attention of kings, It's important that Herod wanted Jesus to do a miracle. A little detail in the crucifixion account. Herod wanted Jesus to perform a miracle for him. Why? Because this king had heard of him. This was a celebrity wonder worker if there ever was one. Jesus didn't perform on command. Why do you think Jesus moved around so much during his ministry? 
I mean, he had, he had a birthplace. He had a birth home. And yet he says he has nowhere to lay his head. Why does he keep moving around? He was stacking the deck against himself. Spreading his popularity, his fame, in just the right measure. He was setting himself up for the biggest test possible. He wasn't some small town charlatan doing parlor tricks in a backwoods corner of the world. He was famous. What he said and what he did, he did under the public eye. And he said he was the son of God. And then he came to defeat death. He intentionally raised the stakes to the highest possible level, making the governor get involved so as to set the most public of stages for his death and then for his resurrection from the dead on the third day, just as he said he would do. And he started showing himself to the world. If the apostles were peddling a fable, If they were selling a lie, it would have been so easy to call their bluff for the contemporaries alive during that time. They would have known the details were wrong. They would have known this was all trumped up. But they weren't pushing some false gospel, some fake news. They saw what had happened and they told people about it. How could they not? We can't help but say he's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Making sure Cora's still awake. You still with us? All right. You got up really early and you stayed up really late, so we got to make sure. You're not? Oh. Well, sit next to your brother and keep elbowing him. <laughs> Just joking. Jesus had claimed to be God in the flesh, and then he proved he was whom he claimed. The disciples would preach that Jesus was their Lord no matter the cost. Why? Because it was true. What's it matter that Jesus got up from the dead? Everything. The gospel is not that Christ was crucified, period. It's that Christ was crucified and resurrected. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians As we heard, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He got up from the grave and you will too. His body is imperishable and yours will be too. If Jesus was resurrected, we will be resurrected. That is the Easter morning gospel. That is why today is such a great day. That is why our entire lives are different. Because death has lost its sting. It's still out there. It's still going to claim us unless the Lord comes back first. But it won't hold us. It can't keep us. We will walk out of our graves just like Jesus walked out of his. But that's easy to say in America, isn't it? We've experienced a little bit of persecution, but not high levels as that report from the beginning talks about. We say he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Without threat. 
for the most part. The disciples confessed the resurrection despite the threat of death. And they kept preaching that Jesus is the Christ who has saved us from death and given us eternal life with him in his father's house until they were murdered just like Jesus, all but one who was allowed to live long enough to be able to write the books that needed to be written before he was finally called home. And so it would seem, according to recent reports, that the Christian tradition is alive and well, despite abductions, despite arrests, despite persecutions of all kinds, every kind of threat, despite the loss of property and the ultimate loss of life, Christians will not stop making the bold confession that Jesus is Lord. The tomb was empty because Christ is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. May you live and die by this bold confession, for he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.